So uh, my presentation will be uh, divided into uh, two parts. The first one will be devoted to the main evolution of the French higher education system, and the second part will be devoted to the French, uh, how the French education system tries to face up with uh, dropout and failure in the undergraduate level. Here is the layout of my first part with four components and if we want to analyze the massification of French higher education we need to uh, uh, make a step backward to examine the baccalaureate and uh, in the evolution of the baccalaureate I don't know if this title makes sense for you, uh, percentage of eligible by age students passing the baccalaureate. Is it clear? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right. In French, we use the word génération. Okay. I start from the 1960. Why? Because at this time, there were only one baccalaureate general with two specializations, philosophy and mathematics. And uh, the weight was only 11%. Uh, the first interesting event was in 1968, the creation of both a new kind of baccalaureate, the technological bike, and another specialization within the uh, general bike, baccalaureate. And it has uh, a quick effect, as you can see, in 1975. And the same process has been used a second time in 1985 with the creation of the vocational bank. So there are, at this point, three bank areas, general, technological and professional. And uh, the creation of the vocation baccalaureate, uh, we can say it has been a tremendous effect. You see the percentage in five, year, five years later. And then the same trend up to 2000. Between 2000 and 2010, no significant evolution and a new start after 2010 and this new start is mainly due to a better success rate to the exam. And uh, it's worth noting that the vocational bank was not intended to give, to give access to higher education. Uh, the, the initial goal was to raise the level of qualification of uh, the students in order to uh, help them find interesting jobs. So there is a fundamental ambiguity in the creation of the vocational back area. Uh, of course, students and their family didn't hear the same story in vocational back area. They heard back area, that is the possibility to enter higher education. So this is main ambiguity. Um,
Okay, too fast. And the rate of the eligible students passing the bac goes hand in hand with a new balance between the different baccalaureate. As you can see on this slide, uh, the distribution between the different bacs, baccalaureate, uh, has changed. And the proportion of vocational baccalaureate holders is increasing while the general backholders decrease. They now represent less than 50% of the whole baccalaureate holders. And I think in the history of French uh, education, it's a significant event. Uh, the, uh, the percentage is less than 50% uh, since 2012. And second lesson of this slide, uh, it is likely that a transfer of population from the technical, technical, technological bag to vocational bag is in progress. And uh, this phenomenon points out the problem of identity for the technological bag, uh, which shares some common features with the general bag area without being the general bag area and which shares some common features with vocational baccalaureate without being a real vocational baccalaureate. After analyzing the main evolution of the baccalaureate, Let's move on now to the evolution of the distribution of students among the different study paths. So, you can see there are three study paths and not two study paths. It is often said that the French higher education system is a dual system with an open system and a closed system. Yes, it's not, it's not false, but uh, I think it's a misleading dichotomy uh, because uh, the crow system must be subdivided into two subcategories, uh, preparatory classes and two-year professional studies. Um, for the preparatory classes, uh, there are two successive selection processes. The first one is based on application to enter preparatory classes and then the second one is based on competitive exam to enter after two years in preparatory classes uh, grande école uh, for the two-year professional studies that lead to a degree like bts and dut there is only one selection process based on uh, application um, so the data show that the major part of the increase of students enrollment in higher education has been absorbed uh, i'm not sure it's correct in english absorbed absorbed, yeah, yeah. absorbed by the university it's very very clear when you compare the uh, numbers here here and there Let's go a step, a step further now, and, uh, okay, no, 
I was surprised. Yeah. So, um, we can say there is a new landscape in uh, French higher education um, with more and more baccalaureate holders and so more and more students entering university and this increase is mainly due to the, the development of vocational specialization leading, leading to a vocational back and irrespective of the, the baccalaureate they hold the new students enter university second feature General baccalaureate is underway, whereas vocational baccalaureate is increasing. And third feature: new students enroll in university, yes, but in some university programs rather than others. Hence, this uh, expression by Pierre Mel, a French sociologist, to characterize the French higher education system, the democratization segregative, segregative democratization, democratization, of course, because there are more and more students in higher education and in university, and segregated because the students don't enroll in the same disciplines they don't have the same probability to succeed their studies according to their prior level of achievement so we can't equate democratization and reduction of inequalities today in the French higher education system In this table, you can see that, uh, for example, the first line, more than 45% of uh, uh, more, sorry, 45% of students uh, hold a general baccalaureate in the first year of applied law and economics, and 55% uh, hold a technological or a vocational baccalaureate. And applied law is an hybrid, hybrid discipline, a blend of uh, economic, economics and law, easier than law and economics because less theoretical. And unlike literature and arts and uh, law, um, applied law and economics and also sciences and techniques of physical activities and sports uh, are very attractive for new students by holding a technological and vocational baccalaureate. So, uh, widening access to new students is a goal to be reached by the university, but all the disciplines are not equal, as we can see on this table. Laurel, can I just ask, when you refer to new students, are you talking about first-generation students? 
the first generation in the family to go to no, no, not really, not just really. No, it's not just a uh, you know, statistical meaning, you know. Right. Hmm? These statistics come from the French Higher Education Ministry, French Ministry of Higher Education, sorry. Now, for 100 students entering university, only 40% enter year 2, 31% enter year 3, and finally 27% graduate at the end of year 3. That is shocking. Isn't it so dreadful? That really yeah. Is you didn't know that? No. <laughs> I knew you had a problem. I didn't know it was like that. Yeah. It's, it's not so dissimilar from the USA. Yeah. Particularly in the young um, I think where I think it's higher in the USA. Yes. It's higher. It's higher. Yeah. And uh, this figure allows us to understand that failure and dropout uh, and dropout focus on first year on uh, undergraduate level because when uh, students are in second year or in third year, it's uh, much more easier to graduate. However, the rate of graduation remains weak. And sometimes students can repeat a year. And uh, I remember that uh, about 24% of students repeat the first year of the undergraduate level. But the, the interesting point is that less than 50% uh, of the students repeating the first year uh, enter year two. So the repeating a year is not a very efficient uh, solution. So the success rate is 39% with some variations from discipline to discipline, but these variations are not very high. <coughs> so, what do success and failure mean? In the statistics coming from the French ministry, uh, Success and failure are never defined explicitly, but an implicit definition can be identified. That is the following: oh, yeah. a direct path to the degree, and any interruption of studies or repeating a year are viewed as failure. Such a definition raises harsh criticism. First, because uh, we have more and more part-time students. Uh, they are not able to take uh, all the examination, of course. And uh, dropout or repeating a year is not 
not uh, necessarily a last of time, it could be a time of maturation, uh, a time used by the student to explore a new avenue or to um, build new goals and new projects. Um, so it's a very uh, reductionist and uh, definition of failure and success. Um, these are implications for research and I think uh, we need more longitudinal studies to follow up students during the first year of study and to give evidence to this uh, hypothesis that uh, a dropout in the first year is not, is not a failure. Uh, but we lack evidence to really support this hypothesis now. Another point is the relationships between success and high quality learning. Uh, well, success doesn't mean high quality learning. It's another, another, another issue. Uh, that is not addressed by the ministry, by the universities. Okay, a few words about the research on uh, failure and success. I guess you probably know uh, this research. Um, we can distinguish between two main paradigms. Uh, first one is a sociological paradigm, uh, very strong in France. And uh, it is focused on inequalities, and uh, inequalities in higher education have three meanings. Inequalities in access to higher education, of course, in inequality of achievement, and inequality at the end of the studies, inequality in access to labor market. Uh, this distinction has been uh, proposed by Marie Durubera in two. 2012. Another paradigm is a psychosocial paradigm uh, that is focused on the uh, on student experience and uh, student perception of their first month in higher education, and uh, it relies on uh, it relies on a uh, uh, very well known model, Tinto's model. As I said, the sociological approach is very strong in France. Uh, some works by Losgo, Michaud, Morlet, and Suchot, and I could cite other researchers. Um, they study what, happen, what happens during the first year of study, and only the first year of study. Uh, what are the variables that seem to be uh, that seem to have an impact on perseverance and uh, dropout? Uh, working part time. Uh, research has shown that uh, if students work at least twenty hours a week, it's uh, uh, it's uh, contribute to uh, to failure and to dropout. But if they only work uh, five or ten hours a week. It's not a negative factor. Of course, many a lot of research about pre-level academic achievement. Uh, 
the kind of specialist focus of baccalaureate degree is uh, a very important predictor of uh, perseverance and uh, success or failure. Uh, general baccalaureate is, uh, is uh, more positive than uh, technological baccalaureate and uh, technological baccalaureate has a uh, greater impact than a vocational baccalaureate. But within the category of baccalaureate general, general baccalaureate, sorry, uh, you maybe know that there is a, um, a hierarchy because the specialization. At the top is a mathematical baccalaureate, and then the economics baccalaureate, and at last the literature baccalaureate. And uh, we can easily see the difference in this study, uh, the baccalaureate mathematics, um, uh, no, uh, mathematics baccalaureate holders have a greater probability to success than economics baccalaureate holders, and economics baccalaureate have a greater probability to success than literature uh, baccalaureate. Um, last point, the differences between um, technological baccalaureate and vocational baccalaureate tend, tend to vanish. There is only a slight differences between uh, uh, vocational baccalaureate and technical, technological baccalaureate. <coughs> so, Remember uh, what I said uh, a few slides prior about the uh, problem of identity uh, regarding the uh, technological background. And graduating with honors or not is uh, a positive, uh, has a positive impact. And of course, having repeated, having repeated one or more years have a negative impact. Well, let's go to the psychosocial approach, and uh, there has been a very interesting research by Marianne Frenet at the uh, University Catholique of Louvain. Uh, they made a research with all the students entering the University Catholique of Louvain, that is uh, 2,700 students. Um, they, uh, student, uh, Students were uh, were asked. Students were asked to uh, fill in a questionnaire before entering the university uh, to explore the representation of the university, and they were asked to uh, fill in another questionnaire two months after entering university, and then uh, the research team have collected uh, the results at the end of the fourth semester and the result at the end of the second semester. So we have some convergence with the sociological approach. Uh, um, the overriding impact of the first semester. When we say that uh, the program is the first year of integrated travel, it's not absolutely true. In fact, the program is uh, really focus on the first summit semester of the first year of integrated travel. Uh, 
<clears throat> it means that uh, uh, we can predict the result of second sem semester uh, from the result of the first semester. If you uh, if you are successful at the end of the first semester, then you will be successful at the end of the second semester. And if you are not successful at the end of the first semester, you won't be successful at the end of the uh, second semester. And the specific contribution of this research is to point out the uh, importance of the social integration and the quality of the relationships between students and uh, teachers and between uh, students with other students. Laurent, could I just ask, you said that was at Louvain. Is mm -hmm. it on Belgian students or French students? No, no, it's a Belgian It's a French-speaking yeah. research. Yeah. No. We don't have any uh, research similar in France. <laughs> now my second part. Yes, and here's uh, the layout of the second part. To begin with, uh, let's up sum up all the initiatives being taken to face undergraduate dropout and failure. This is this table. <coughs> in color, the origin of uh, the initiatives. In line, different kind of initiatives. Three kinds of actions but not at the same level. Uh, the two first line referred to uh, teacher training, whereas the last line referred to fostering teacher engagement in professional development. It's not the same. As such, it can be viewed as a condition for the success of action devoted to curricula and teaching innovation. I think it's worth noting that uh, uh, the organization of incentives is entirely managed by the university and not by the French state, which is surprising in a, pay, in a country like France. Centralized. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the French state could have developed a national framework uh, indicating for example, how to deal with this issue. It's not the case, and I think it, it won't be the case. And uh, I go back on this point in my conclusion. And by contrast, actions regarding curricular innovation and design are mainly driven by the state with the program IDF. IDF? IDF? Well, IDFI in France and in English, it's IDFI. Yes. Yeah, IDFI. Um, this program is a part of a program called Investissement d'Avenir, and it has been launched in 2011 and was driven by the uh, French National Research Agency, AINR. And the uh, the aims was, uh, were twofold. First, supporting innovatory curriculum designs, but 
the main aim is to, to help transfer the outcomes to the whole higher education. So it's a very ambitious program. And the IDFU program is a tool to change the way of thinking curricular design for the French Ministry of Higher Education. Um, there have been 36 selected projects with the funding until 2019. Uh, the scope of the IDFU program goes beyond the problem of the dropout in undergraduate level. Um, several projects referred to uh, engineering training or to uh, management training or also to health and medicine training. Six or seven uh, projects are only focused on the problem of failure on undergraduate level. And I know uh, this program very well because I was the head manager of, uh, of it when it was launched in uh, 2011. Transfer the crux of the matter in this program. But transfer implies two conditions. The first one and the second one. And uh, but weaknesses in assessment impair this goal being reached. So for the reasons indicated in the slide, I make reservations about the possibility to reach this goal, this very ambitious goal, because uh, the process of, of assessment is, to my mind, rather weak. Why is it uh, weak? Because in most part, we lack a clear diagnosis of strengths and weaknesses before the beginning of the project. And without a clear starting point, uh, I think the conditions are not made to uh, assess the impact of the project. Uh, I don't think that transfer the transferring of, of the outcomes to the whole higher education will be made. Uh, maybe it could be possible to achieve a transfer at a, at a micro level within the institutions, uh, within the institutions, uh, um. second kind of action promoting new teaching practices. And uh, I wrote a report in November uh, called uh, Academic Training in France State of the Heart. Uh, if you are interested in this uh, topic, uh, the report is downloadable, 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 downloadable in the website of my institution. And I've connected the server in two parts. The first part was a questionnaire. Uh, all the universities have received the questionnaires, but only half of the universities 
I have answered the question. That's good. Mm. No, That's I don't great. think. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's good. <laughs> and then it was followed by a qualitative survey with uh, 60 interviews uh, from 19 universities and four grand écoles. And interviews have targeted professionals whose teacher training was their day-to-day -day work. In France, we call them uh, pedag pedagogical advisor. I don't know if this uh, expression makes sense in England, in UK. Yeah? Yeah. Pedagogical advisor. Yeah. Okay. Questions investigated different topics, such as conception of teachers' training, competencies needed to train academics. What are the results? First, can you result about the format being used? Obviously, there is no standard approach to train academics, uh, and the viability of the training formats to be used show the effort made to fit in with the academic's need. By contrast, the variability is far weaker for the contents to be addressed. About five, five contents. And what is the meaning of these contents? Uh, it's ambiguous. Does these topics mirror the academic's needs? Or do the academic adapt their needs to the training catalogue? It's very ambiguous. I don't know. Uh, some topics are very trendy. For instance, flipped classrooms, of course. Or teaching to a large number of students in our lecture hall. Uh, and so on, and of course, technology enhanced learning. But are they really the needs of uh, academics? I don't know. Main what are the main conclusions for me? First, I think in these interviews, we view a restricted approach to technology-enhanced learning. Sorry. By relational-based approach, I want to underline the fact that the ICT modified the interaction between students and teachers, and elaborating on this aspect of the training is essential. But it is not the case uh, if I listen to the interviews. In the same way, impact of this indication in teaching on teaching practice is not addressed. And it's very surprising. It was as if distance education was not a part today of higher education. It's incredible. Or as if uh, there were no difference between face-to-face -face teaching and distance teaching. Second conclusion, we have no evidence of impact of academic development or the academic training. 
We know that training can impact different kinds of representation, consumption of learning, consumption of teaching, but it's uh, much more difficult to impact behavior. We know that. But, however, I didn't notice any concern about uh, this point in the interviews. And uh, there, is, there are assessment of uh, of the training, uh, but uh, it seems that satisfaction and impact on the behavior and training practice are confused. Third point, what are the prerequisites for training academics? In France, pedagogical, pedagogical advisor, this is a new profession with a very fuzzy status uh, because uh, um, Sometimes a pedagogical advisor can be an, an, an academics. Sometimes it can be a teacher with the second secondary level status. That is a teacher uh, not doing research. And sometimes it is a, a technician of a new technology. Regarding academics training, we have now in France several theoretical frameworks in competition. A skill-based approach that is very simple. Professional development is viewed as uh, an increase in skills and uh, in particular skills needed to be used with technology. Uh, another framework is the scholarship of teaching and learning and some pedagogical advisors try to import in France this model. And a third source is work psychology-based models uh, that are very popular in France. And uh, for, for example, didactic professionnel or clinique de l'activité. And we have uh, now a mix of these different uh, models. The second point is uh, we need to uh, foster academics engagement in teaching activities, but should it be a state-directed process or a university-directed process? For the moment, it's a university-directed process, and uh, universities use two main categories of incentive, financial rewards, bonus, and the uh, teaching hours decrease, is it correct? Yeah. What is the role of state? My hypothesis is that we are now at the beginning of a new role of the state from regulation to withdrawal. Uh, as you know probably, as you probably know, sorry, uh, in 2007 there has been the LRU law that gave uh, 
lot of autonomy to the university. Uh, this law has been elaborated by a conservative government. Um, this has <coughs> this law has arisen and still rises criticism. Nevertheless, in 2013, with a socialist government, the Fiorazzo law didn't question the IRU law. Uh, didn't question. The modification added are at the margin, but we are in the same trend, uh, irrespective of the color of the government. More and more autonomy for the university. And changes, finally, are expected to come from universities and then extend throughout the territory. Um, now, the French Ministry of Higher Education views itself as a mediator between the stakeholders, helping them to exchange and to collaborate. And I consider that its main aim is to help develop new networks between the stakeholders. And clearly, the French Minister of Higher Education is reluctant to take any top-down decisions in a uh, matter of learning and teaching in higher education. So, it will be my conclusion. Thank you very much. Mark.